study that we do. There's a whole lot more we could do in Joshua, but uh, I'd like to just kind of wrap it up with this uh, final study, kind of a recap. If you would, turn with me to Joshua chapter 24. Probably uh, one of the most well-known verses. Uh, actually, it might be uh, right up there, probably not as close, but pretty close to John 3.16. Once you hear it, you'll, uh, and you may know it already, but you'll be familiar with it when we get to it. Uh, you know, we've looked at uh, the stories of Joshua. We looked at the stones when they crossed over the Jordan. They put these stones on the other side as a reminder for uh, them to remember that that day God stopped the river and allowed the, them to cross, the Israelites. And not only that, but it was a reminder for them to know that God not only stopped the river uh, Jordan, but He parted the Red Sea, which is a huge uh, event that took place. Uh, not only that, but we uh, last week looked at the battle of Jericho. We looked at Joshua looking onto the city, and what does he see? The commander of the Lord's army. What a... Uh, an event that must have been. And, you know, that commander of the army, uh, Joshua asked him, whose side are you on? And he says, no. Very interesting comment. But what he was saying is, I'm on neither side. The question is, are you on my side? Because I'm the commander of the Lord's army, and if you're on my team, we win. And so we see that Joshua was. He uh, ends up listening to what uh, the Lord commands them to do and the walls don't just fall, but they fall flat. They fall flat on the ground and the Israelites are able to come in and take uh, the city of Jericho. And you know, uh, Joshua, he told these Israelites what to do and how to do it and they obeyed. And because they obeyed, guess what? They were victorious. Isn't that true for us today? Whether it uh, is when we gain our salvation, when we understand the truth and we obey the gospel and we become a child of God, that we're victorious in that, we beat sin. Or what about uh, a fight through a tough battle when we use God's word and we know that we use God's word and then when we get through the battle and we look back and we see, I did it God's way and look how it turned out. You ever had that in your life? So no matter what struggles we go through, no matter what uh, persecutions or troubles that we have, when we look at the life of Joshua and the Israelites, we see that we can be victorious through the Lord. Amen? And not only through the Lord, we can be victorious through Jesus Christ and what He tells us. So I want for just a minute for us to look at Joshua chapter 24. And what I'm going to read is actually the first uh, 14 verses. If you'll just uh, read this with me. Joshua 24 verses 1 through 14. I know it's a little bit lengthy of Scripture, but I do want us to just see uh, this and really uh, gain some encouragement from it, I hope. Then Joshua, J Joshua 24, 1. Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem, 
and called for the elders of Israel, for their heads, for their judges, and for their officers. And they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers included Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nahor, dwelt on the other side of the river in old times, and they served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from the other side of the river, led him throughout all the land of Canaan, and multiplied his descendants, and gave him Isaac. To Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. To Esau I gave the mountains of Seir to possess. But Jacob and his children went down to Egypt. Also I sent Moses and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt according to what I did among them. Afterward I brought you out. Then I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and you came to the sea. And the Egyptians pursued your fathers with chariots and horsemen to the Red Sea. So they cried out to the Lord, and he put darkness between you and the Egyptians, brought the sea upon them, and covered them. And your eyes saw what I did in Egypt. Then you dwelt in the wilderness a long time. And I brought you into the land of the Amorites who dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. But they fought with you. But I gave them into your hand that you might possess their land. And I destroyed them from before you. Then Balak the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose to make war against Israel and sent and called Balaam the son of Beor to curse you. But I would not listen to Balaam. Therefore he continued to bless you. So I delivered you out of his hand. Then you went over the Jordan and came to Jericho. And the men of Jericho fought against you. Also the Amorites, the Perizzites, and the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Girgashites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. But I delivered them into your hand. I sent the hornet before you which drove them out from before you. Also, the two kings of the Amorites, but not with your sword or with your bow. I have given you a land for which you did not labor and cities which you did not build, and you dwell in them. You eat of the vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. Now, therefore, fear the Lord. Serve Him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river. And in Egypt serve the Lord. Serve the Lord. Think about that. He walks through these highlights just like we talked about just for a few minutes. He talks about Abraham. This promise he makes to Abraham. He talks about bringing them out of Egypt. He talks about defeating the people in Canaan. He talks about uh, giving them cities that they didn't build. Giving them vineyards which they didn't plant. And he tells them, you see this, you remember this. Now serve the Lord. And then he says, look at verse 15. He tells them all these things. All of these things that God had done for them. And he says this. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, 
Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Brethren, we are just like the Israelites in this. When we think about what the Lord has done for us, think about it personally. Think about the personal victories in your life. Think about the struggles that you've been through. We all have struggles and maybe we're going through them right now. But when we get through these struggles, when we do it as the Lord wants us to do, we find victory and as we look back we can see it. You know, the blessings that we received physically from the Lord. Think about your job. Just think about the job that you have. Just think about the money that you make. Just think about the house that you got. You know, Sammy prayed uh, earlier this, this morning, he prayed for our country and the blessing that we have, the freedoms that we have to meet and worship. Think about those blessings that come from the Lord. We can come and worship and not worry about being persecuted. You remember the, the, the missionary talking about the ones in the Ukraine right now are getting bombed right now. And it is a problem if they claim to be a believer in Jesus Christ. But we have these blessings. We have these victories that we can see in our lives. And he tells them and he offers them this question. He says, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Really, it gets down to it. And you know, it almost seems like for the last several weeks I've been pushing an issue and I believe that it, it needs to be pushed. And maybe it's because I need to be pushed. I don't know. But if we are going to grow as a congregation, if the church of Christ is going to grow in the community, we have to realize who we serve. We won't do anything else. We can't do anything else if we don't get the basics right. Amen? And I'm not trying to preach that we're not doing it. And if you aren't doing it, I want to encourage you to do it. But if you are doing it, we can get better. Amen? We can do better. Amen? <clears throat> and what I love about Joshua is this. We can learn three things from Joshua. We can learn three things from Joshua over the course of his life that I, probably many more, but I'd like for us to just think about three. The reason why Joshua could say this comment was because of these three things. He says... You know, this day you're going to have to choose. You're going to have to make the choice for yourself whether you want to serve the Lord or not. You know what He's done. You know what He says. You know what He's commanded us. And you've seen the victory that we've had. But you have to decide for yourselves. But for, as for me, as for me personally, and not only me but my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We are going to serve the Lord no matter what. No matter if it's inconvenient. No matter if I'm tired. No matter if it's uh, something that I really don't want to do. No matter what, God is first. 
He says that you should serve Him with sincerity and truth. Sincerity means the whole, the entire, or completely, all of you. You know, whatever is most important in your life, think about this and tell me this isn't true. Whatever is the most important thing in your life, you will do everything that you can to make it grow, right? Just like a plant. If I plant a tree and I'm really in, lo- I'm in love with this plant back here, all right? Y'all see how that thing's growing back there? I'm taking care of that thing, all right? It came from Aaron's grandmother's uh, funeral and... I've put it back there. Scott's trained me on how to water it, and I'm making sure that I'm doing the right things, okay? Because I want it to look pretty for y'all. Because I'm cultivating it. I love this word. Cultivate. I'm getting big words. I'm trying to get big on y'all, but I won't be able to, but I'm going to try anyway. Because I'll probably mispronounce something already that Aaron will get me straightened out later on. Love it. Cultivate. It means to till or to plow or to work or fertilize or to mulch or weed. And I love the second part of the definition. It says, or try to acquire or develop a quality or skill. Think about it. If sports is number one in your life, whether you're an athlete, a coach, a fan or a parent, what do you do? You cultivate it, right? You do whatever you need to do to be the best at that. What about a, uh, your job? If your job is the number one thing in your life, what do you do? You cultivate it, right? You do those things that you need, staying up late to make sure this presentation's done or whatever you need to do to get it done because that is number one. Think about your family. If family's number one, what do you do? You cultivate it. You dig. Uh, You you do these things. You fertilize it. You make sure that it's uh, developing the right way so you can uh, have success in the family. Now, am I saying that uh, ball and, and your job and your family aren't important? No. No. Not at all. But what Joshua is telling the children of Israel, and the challenge is really set before us tonight, is this. We've seen it. We have seen it. There's no other way to victory. There's no other way to have the best success in your life, but to have the Lord be number one, right? No way. Because when he's number one, then my job is very important. Because now when I go to my job, I absolutely need to do the things that I need to do. Because when I do that, people look at me. They understand what I'm doing. When I'm, when I'm uh, having the Lord be number one in my life and I'm serving him with sincerity and truth with all of me and I'm playing ball, I do it to the fullest of my ability. Because I want people to notice me. Not because I need the pat on my back. Because I bring glory and honor to God. That's my goal.
When serving the Lord is number one in our lives, it brings forth fruit. And we've talked about fruit. I talked about fruit last week. We've talked about fruit. We understand what bearing fruit means. And I'd like to just look at these three that Joshua brought forth. When serving the Lord is first in our lives, we cultivate our courage. Turn with me to Joshua chapter 1, and we'll be there for just a few minutes. We're going to be at the end, and we're going to come back to the beginning. Joshua 1, and look at verses 5 and 6. Joshua 1, 5 and 6. No man shall be able to stand before you. This is God talking to Joshua. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Now think about this. Joshua is fixing to have to take over Moses' spot. We're talking about Moses now. We're not talking about just a regular guy. We're talking about Moses. We're talking about the guy who parted the Red Sea. We're talking about Moses who stood before Pharaoh time and time again as these plagues just punished this country. We're talking about Moses who stood on the mountain with God. You remember he had, to cut, had a veil over his face because the glory was so bright on him. Could you imagine having to fill those shoes? I mean, I'd be nervous. I'd be a little bit uncomfortable thinking, man, I got a big job at hand. I got to fill Moses' shoes. That's a huge task. Until... I listen to God, right? What does he tell him? No man will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I'll be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Does that sound familiar, brethren? He begins the process of taking over for Moses and he finds the key for his success is in the Lord. If the Lord is number one in his life and everything he does is directed towards obeying him, talking about Joshua, he's cultivating or plowing and working his field, which is his life. And what does that produce? It produces courage. He did as God said, he obeyed his commands. And we read this, I think, last week, maybe the week before. Joshua 4.14 says, On that day the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel. (laughs) And they feared him. As they feared Moses all the days of his life. It kind of gets back to the lesson this morning. He mentally heard what it was and he physically acted. And guess what? It happened. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. And guess what happens? When you believe and you understand the truth and you're baptized, guess what? Your sins are forgiven and you are saved. Amen? So at the end of his life, when the Lord tells him to make this final speech to Israel, 
He's confident to tell them, hey, you can choose whoever you want. You've seen it. You've seen what He's done. You've seen what He's done through me. You can choose whatever you want to do, but as for me, I love it. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Making application to our lives, what did Jesus tell the disciples? Luke 18, 27. The things which are impossible for men are what? Possible with God. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself said, I will never leave you or forsake you. And I, listen to this. So we may boldly say, boldly, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? What can man do to me? Nothing. When serving the Lord with sincerity and truth happens in our lives, we cultivate this courage... And it, help us beat, it helps us beat the weakness of fear. It does. Every time we're faced with a situation, what is the easiest thing to do? Lay it down, right? Man, I can't beat it. I don't even want to battle it. I'm encouraged. I'm just going to say this. And I'm, I don't think that I'm trying to exalt men and I'm trying to exalt people, but this encourages me. When I see Danny Raglan going through stuff, that encourages me to see him walk through the door. That's courage. And that is so true for us today. The obstacles we face, we know that we can do it with the Lord. Amen? The second thing, when serving the Lord is first in our lives, we cultivate our character. Our character. I'm doing this because I'm plowing and stuff, right? That's what I'm doing. I'm working the field when I'm doing this. So <clears throat> that's why you may be seeing me do this a lot. That's kind of what I'm doing, working the field and stuff, right? Look at verses 7 and 8. Only be strong and very courageous. Uh, Joshua 1, 7 and 8, sorry. Joshua 1, verses 7 and 8. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Joshua is told by the Lord to be strong and very courageous, so that you may observe all that is commanded in the law which Moses gave you. Here was Joshua, and he's taking over command. What's the Lord telling him? When the people look at you, because they're going to look at you. You're the commander now. 
you are the leader of this group. And they see you and they talk about you. They should without a doubt say, this guy serves the Lord. And not only does he serve the Lord uh, because I can hear him saying these commands, I see it in the way he walks. You know, uh, it may not be the most popular thing to do. It may not be an easy thing to do. But if it's what the Lord tells us to do, we got to do it. And when people see that, what we've done is we've started to build character in our lives. And people say, you know, I'm going through this tough situation, but I've seen such and such do this mentally in their mind. They could make this connection. I've seen people pull through this. I've seen people do this. And I've seen people praying for me and encouraging me. I've seen this. Man, what a great example. Now, do I worship that man? No. That's not what I'm saying. But we should be able to look around and see, especially the brethren, examples of doing what God asks us to do. Because look at what He says when we do it. Look at this. It says that you shall not depart from your mouth. Now think about this. Making the application to create character, here you go. Here's the way to create character. Is God's word proceeding from your mouth? Do we know verses that help us through tough situations? Do we know verses that encourage us? Colossians 3.17 is still my verse. Danny called me on it and he's right. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord. That is my verse. Because... When I was in such a way and I was living in a way that was shameful and so disrespectful to the Lord, I knew whatever I did, whatever I did in word or in deed, I had to do it all in the name of the Lord. So what did that do? It put my actions in check. <laughs> if I was doing something that wasn't God's will, what was I doing? I wasn't doing it in the name of the Lord, so I had to stop. Wait a minute, do I want to continue to do this? Am I going to continue to cuss and say bad words? Is that going to be who I am? Listen to number two. He says, meditate in it day and night so you will know how to observe it and obey it. Every day, every day, do you think about God's Word? Are you reading the Bible? Here's a hard one. Hey, I fall short. I'll raise my hand. Day and night. Are we reading our Bibles day and night? Just think about if we set out for a plan for two weeks to read our Bibles day and night. Oh, man. Could you imagine how you'd feel and how you'd be? And if you are doing that, how do you feel? Do you not feel good? Number three, it will make your ways prosperous and you will have good success. When we focus on Him and meditate on His Word, we begin to naturally, 
naturally lose our focus in the sin that entangles us and it loses its power over our life. That's a great comment. When we focus on Him and meditate on His Word, we begin to naturally lose our focus on the sin that entangles us and guess what happens because of that? It loses its power over our life. Don't you want to be sin free? Don't you want to be a perfect person? Don't you want to be just like Jesus Christ who never sinned? That's what I want to be. Now, will I do it? Probably not. But am I going to strive to do it? Absolutely. How am I going to do it? By meditating on His Word day and night. And here's what it says. You will have good success. It builds our character. Godly character. And the third thing. When serving the Lord is first in our lives, we cultivate our examples to others. We've we've understood that we can make it through all things. We've got courage. Joshua had courage. His character was great. And because of that, he was an example to others. Look at Joshua 24. Go back to Joshua 24 and I'm going to read verse 24 through uh, 29. I'm almost done. Thank y'all for bearing with me. I love y'all very much. I'm just going to tell you this before I go any further. I hope I got one second to say something. Can I just have 15 seconds? I love God's Word. If we, right here in this room, and I'm not saying that we're not doing it. Don't, don't, don't think that. I remember the saying that my coach told me. The day you quit saying stuff to me is the day I don't care. Because I want you to get better. And I say this because I want us to get better and better and better every time. But if we will just apply God's Word to our lives, it will work. We'll flatten walls. We'll destroy barriers. I'm so encouraged by uh, my mom and dad came to the football game. I didn't mean to go off this much, but I'm so encouraged that my mom and dad who are a part of a denomination came to the game
to watch Isaac play. And I look over, and Dwayne Just give me a minute, I'll get it straight. Dwayne is inviting my parents to come to worship with us. That's big. That's an example. I could do it all day. We're at a ball game. It doesn't have to be talked about right then. I didn't tell him to do that. And I'm not puffing him up. Don't think that. But that's an example and that's encouraging to me. Because somebody else thought enough. We can change the world, brethren. Let's get back to the book. Verse 24. Sorry about that, y'all. We can do it, and we do it one-on-one, one soul at a time. Verse 24, And the people said to Joshua, The Lord our God we will serve, and His voice we will obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day, and made for them a statue and an and an ordinance in Shechem. Then Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God, and he took a large stone and he set it up there under the oak that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said to all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness to us, for it has heard all the words of the Lord which he spoke to us. It shall therefore be a witness to you, lest you deny our God." So Joshua let the people depart, each to his own inheritance. Now it came to pass after these things that Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being 110 years old. Here's the people. They hear it. He calls them. He says, but as for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. you got to choose for yourself. They say, we're going to follow God and we're going to serve Him. And then Joshua does what? He finishes and he lets them depart. It's on them. It's their choice. Because of Joshua's courage and character... His life was a shining light to all Israel. Amen? As a man who was successful in his life because the Lord was who he served. And not only him, but his household. We got to create our children and our grandchildren who are people who want to serve the Lord. 
David Leib said it and it's so true. We can't have kids that are forced to do it because when we are gone, guess what? They won't do it. So how do we do it? We have to strive to be courageous. These are great examples. Our character shows it. And because of that, our example is what they see and how to follow it. Parents, do your kids see this in your home? Elders, do your sheep see this in your shepherding? Deacons, does the congregation see this in your attitude towards serving? Fountainhead, when our brothers and sisters here in the congregation see us, whether in the building or out, do they see someone serving the Lord with sincerity and truth? Ministers, does the congregation see the way you preach and teach as an example that brings glory to the Lord and to His will? That's what I want to do. Christians, does our community, does our community see us as a city set on a hill? Courage, character, and an example. Is our lives something others would say that they're encouraged by? You can answer it by answering this question. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Answer this question, brethren. But as for you and your house, who will you serve? What a blessing to know that while Joshua was a great example, he was still just a man, right? There's only one man that was perfect. Jesus the Christ the Messiah, the Chosen One, Emmanuel, God with us, the man who came to this earth and died for us, set an example for us, told us what to do to be successful, to have a full and abundant life. If we're Christians, we know Him. If we're Christians, let's go share it. Let's use Him to build up our courage to know we can knock down anything that we're faced with. And our character shows, and we build it up to be the example to others. And we do it. Maybe you're here tonight and you need to obey the gospel. Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. Maybe you're here and you need to repent. I'm sorry I got emotional, y'all. But really, I'm not. Because I care that much for my parents, and it just really encouraged me when I saw that. It really encouraged me when I saw that. And I'm thankful for that. And, 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 and Dwayne's not the only one here that would do that. I'm sure many of us in here would be glad to invite my parents to come. But here's the deal. My parents aren't the only people in the whole wide world, right? There's so many more that we talk to every day that we have a chance to share the truth with. 
If you need to obey the gospel, if you need to repent, I love you all so much. Come right now. Together we stand and sing.